0: Well, welcome. It's great to be with you all. It's an honor. It's a privilege. I am expectant to share this message today with you all. Let's open in a word of prayer. Father, we thank you for the gift of your Holy Spirit. We pray for a spirit of wisdom and revelation, one of understanding, Lord God, one of knowledge concerning your Holy Spirit, May you really enlighten us, Lord. May you enlighten the eyes of our hearts. May you really cause us to understand the Trinity, to understand different roles that the the different um, that the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit have. And as we do this brief series on the Holy Spirit, I really thank you that there will be clarity in our hearts and minds regarding the Holy Spirit. So come and speak to us today, we pray. In Jesus' name, Amen. Well, as you can probably gather, we are starting a series on the Holy Spirit. So that this, the title of the series is "Who Is the Holy Spirit," and I'll be preaching this message today. And we have um, a, a guest, a guest from in in our congregation next week, and then I'll continue um, teaching and preaching around the Holy Spirit. So yeah, I, I I think this is such a, a valuable, invaluable uh topic and teaching. It's really important that we understand the Holy Spirit and who he is. And so it's an honor, it's it's a privilege, my my honor and my privilege to share this with you today. And, you know, in the course of my theological studies recently, I had to come up with a questionnaire regarding the Holy Spirit and use that questionnaire to interview some people from different church traditions and backgrounds, so, you know, from... African traditional, from your more Pentecostal, charismatic, and so on and so forth. so different church traditions. And it was really to provide me with a snapshot of the snapshot of the varied beliefs in the body of Christ regarding the Holy Spirit. And you know we take it for granted understanding regarding the Holy Spirit. And I think we also take for granted our own understanding and we assume that we have understanding. and And it's not always the case, so um, I'm going to use a few sermons, two or three sermons, to teach around the Holy Spirit and help us to understand a little bit more concerning who He is. And um, so the first uh, title that uh, we're going to be looking at is The Holy Spirit is God. The Holy Spirit is God. And we can see this because, A, He's uncreated. It says in Genesis 1, verse 1 to to 2, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void and darkness was on the face of the deep and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. So we see here that the Spirit of God was there. That's the Holy Spirit. So God created the heavens and earth and the Spirit of God was with Him as He was creating the heavens and the earth. So the Holy Spirit was with God in the beginning before creation began. And it's interesting because some people from particular church backgrounds Um, believe that the Holy Spirit was created by God. He was created when creation took place, but this isn't the case. The Holy Spirit is uncreated and The next point, B, is that he is eternal. We see this in Hebrews 9, verse 13 to 14. It says, For if the blood of bulls and goats and the ashes of a heifer sprinkling the unclean sanctifies for the purifying of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, cleanse your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? So we see here that this Holy Spirit is eternal. He's uncreated and he is eternal. If he's uncreated and if he is eternal, then he must be God. So the Holy Spirit is just as much God as God the Father is God. He wasn't created by God the Father. He is God. And see, the Holy Spirit is holy. It's it's self-evident, right? Well, he's holy. Um, It's part of his name. Okay? There are many kinds of beings in the spirit world that are not holy. They're seducing spirits, unclean spirits, lying spirits, evil spirits, and so forth. And They aren't good spirits. It's not like they're evil spirits and good spirits. They're evil demons and good demons. No, it's nothing like that. They're seducing spirits, unclean spirits, lying spirits. And the Holy Spirit is God. He's not a good spirit. Um, The Spirit of God is, is characterized by the same quality seen by Isaiah when he declared, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts in Isaiah 6 verse 3. So the Holy Spirit is holy. He's holy. He's God okay? Ezekiel 38 verse 23 says, and so I will show my greatness and my holiness, and I will make myself known in the sight of many nations. Then they will know that I am the Lord. The Holy Spirit is holy, okay? And this is important. There's some Uh, belief, uh, church traditions and beliefs that believe that the Holy Spirit is a good spirit to whom sacrifice needs to be made in order to appease uh, certain things, in order to maintain certain covenants that our that ancestors have had, but this is not the case. Jesus made the one ultimate sacrifice. There are no more sacrifices that need to be made. The Holy Spirit is not a good spirit that we need to sacrifice to know. The Holy Spirit is God. and Jesus paid the ultimate sacrifice, and the Holy Spirit is holy. He's holy. He's God, just as much God, just as much as God the Father, is God. Okay, And this is really important. Um, Psalm 51 verse 11 says, Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Your Holy Spirit. Isaiah 57 verse 15 says, For thus says the high and lofty one who inhabits eternity, whose name is holy. I dwell in the high and holy place with him who has a contrite and humble spirit, to revive the spirit of the humble and to revive the heart of the contrite ones. So the Holy Spirit is holy. He's holy just as God is holy. Okay, and this is important for us. D, the Holy Spirit is omnipresent. The Holy Spirit is present everywhere. We see this in Psalm 139, verse 7 to 10. Where can I go from your spirit, says the psalmist? Where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend into the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. So the Holy Spirit is with with us. The Holy Spirit is the presence of God that is with us. You know, I think Talking about the Holy Spirit um, in relation to the the rest of the Godhead is so important. And it's the second half of my message um, because you can hear people uh, in prayer meetings when when we're praying together, people don't always understand the difference between God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit who's with us. And so when we pray, God, Father, Lord, God, Jesus Jesus Christ, Holy Spirit, I thank you that you are with me. And I'm like, well... Actually, it's the Holy Spirit who's with us, you know, and when we invite the Lord into our corporate meetings, it's the Holy Spirit that is with us, it's the Holy Spirit that is here, it's the Holy Spirit who is omnipresent. That is why Jesus said to His disciples, it is better that I go, that I leave you because I will go to the Father and ask the Father and He will send the Comforter to you who will be with you, you know. Um, And the Holy Spirit will be, the Comforter will be with you even to the end of the age. He will be with you. So it's the Holy Spirit who's with us. And it's important for us to know this. It's comforting to know this, that it's the Holy Spirit who is with us. He is omnipresent. He is present everywhere. The Holy Spirit is also omniscient. Okay? The Holy Spirit is all-knowing. 1 Corinthians 2 verse 10 to 11 says, but God has revealed them through His Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man except the Spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. So the Holy Spirit is all-knowing. He knows the things of God. And He knows all things. We see this in John 14 verse 26. Jesus is speaking and He says, but the Helper... The Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. He knows all things. That is His role. He brings to remembrance. He teaches us. He reveals things to us. 1 John 3 verse 20 says, For if our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart and knows all things. He knows all things. Okay, Psalm 147 verse 5, great is our Lord and mighty in power. His understanding is infinite. So the Holy Spirit knows all things. His understanding is infinite. Really important, He's omniscient. F, He is omnipotent. The Holy Spirit is all powerful. This is a really interesting one um, uh, and we're going to explore it a little bit. Luke 1 verse 35 says, and the angel answered and said to her, this is to Mary, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, also, that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. So the Holy Spirit... He he has the power of the most high God. He he's all powerful. So the Holy Spirit came upon Mary, and the power of the highest overshadowed her. And the Holy One, that is Jesus, um, the Son of God, was born. Okay? And so the Holy Spirit is He's the power of God. He's all powerful. He's also known as the finger of God. He's known as the Finger of God. And it's important to mention here that the Bible uses some anthropomorphisms to help us help us as finite human beings understand our infinite God. And these anthropomorphisms are human physical attributes that um, are ascribed to God, which are not necessarily physical literal attributes that He has, but they are used to assist us to grasp what is being communicated. And so one of these anthropomorphisms in Scripture um, used in describing God is is when the Holy Spirit is described as the finger of God. He's not a finger. He's not a finger on the hand of God. But it helps us to understand, um, you know, how do we use our fingers? We use our fingers to touch and to work and to shape and to do, right? In most of what we do, our fingers and our hands are involved. And the Holy Spirit is the finger or the fingers of God, so to speak. So in most of what God the Father does, the Holy Spirit is involved in the actual doing. He's involved in it, okay? And we can see this in Scripture in a number of different places. In Luke eleven twenty. 20, um it says, but if I cast out demons with the finger of God, surely the kingdom of God has come upon you. Okay. Matthew 12, 28, uh, uh, um, we see it's saying, But if I cast out demons by the Spirit of God, surely the kingdom of God has come upon you. So we see here the finger of God being used to describe the Spirit of God. Okay? It's the Holy Spirit who's doing um, the casting out of the demons. And we see this in creation. In Psalm 8, verse 3 to 4, it says, When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have ordained, what is man that you're mindful of him, and the son of man that you visit him? Okay. Genesis 1, verse 1 to 2, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the earth, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters and God spoke and then it was so and who was doing a lot of that what was happening I really believe it was the Holy Spirit it was the finger of God okay we see it in Israel's deliverance in Exodus 8 verse 18 to 19 um, it says now the magicians so worked with their enchantment to bring forth lice but they could not so there were lice on man and beast. Then the magicians said to Pharaoh, This is the finger of God. But Pharaoh's heart grew hard, and he did not heed them just as the Lord had said. This is the finger of God. So it was the Holy Spirit at work doing that, and they as magicians um, recognized that. We see it in the writing of the tablets of the law in Exodus 31 verse 18. Um, it says and when he God had made an end of speaking with him, Moses on Mount Sinai, he gave Moses two tablets of the testimony, tablets of stone written with the finger of God. So it must have been the Holy Spirit that was involved in writing those t- two tablets for Moses, okay? And I love this example um, when Jesus uh, in John 8 verse three to 11, when um, Jesus writes in the dirt with his finger, uh, when the, you know, the scribes and the Pharisees brought a woman to Jesus who'd been caught in adultery and uh, they set her in Jesus' midst and they asked Jesus a question. They said, teacher, this woman was caught in adultery in the very act. Now Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned. But what do you say? So they said this to test Jesus, that they might have something of which to accuse him. But Jesus stooped down and wrote on the ground with his finger as though he did not hear. So Jesus was writing in the ground. And um, so when they continued asking him, he raised himself up and said to them, he was without sin among you, let him throw a stone at her first. And again he stooped down and wrote on the ground. Then those who heard it, being convicted by their conscience, went out one by one, beginning with the oldest, even to the last. And Jesus was left alone, and the woman standing in the midst when Jesus had raised himself up and saw no one but the woman, he said to a woman, "Where are those accusers of yours? Has no one condemned you? Condemned you?" And she said, "No one, Lord." And he said to her, "Neither do I condemn you. Go, and sin no more." And I love this account and how it speaks of the Holy Spirit as the finger of God bringing about conviction in the, on the in the hearts of people. And we see in John 16, verse 7 to 11, it says, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. This is Jesus speaking. For if I do not go away, the Helper The Holy Spirit will not come to you, but if I depart, I will send him to you. And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Sin because they do not believe in me. Righteousness because I go to my Father and you see me no more. Of judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. You see, the Holy Spirit brings about conviction and Jesus was writing with his finger in the dirt you know and it was speaking of the convicting power of the holy spirit writing working on their hearts and bringing conviction and at the end of the day they were convicted and they left and so i love that picture of the finger of god and we see some additional attributes of god um there are many additional attributes of God, and we're going to look at some of His characteristics as we go deeper in this, in this series. But I just wanted to mention here at this juncture that towards the end of last year, uh, Pastor Paul did a series entitled The Attributes of God. And obviously, we have seen that the Holy Spirit is God. He's uncreated. He's eternal. He is God. And so all of those attributes that my husband taught us concerning at the end of last year apply to the Holy Spirit. So some of these that he mentioned, I'm going to include here, and these include that he is immutable. Just as um, Pastor Paul taught us that God is immutable, he doesn't change. In the same way the Holy Spirit is immutable, he doesn't change. In In Malachi 3 verse 6, he says, For I am the Lord, and I do not change. Therefore you are not consumed, O sons of Jacob. Malachi 3 verse 6. So, um, This is important. Psalm 102, verse 26 to 27. They will all disappear and wear out like clothes. You change them as you would a coat, but you last forever. You are always the same. Years cannot change you. That's speaking of God. You are always the same. Years cannot change you. You last forever. He is immutable. He is unchangeable. The second one that I want to remind us concerning is that He is merciful. God is merciful. The Holy Spirit is merciful. And I have one of my, I love this scripture. And I've included it here Lamentations three, verse twenty-two to twenty-three. It says, "Through the Lord's mercies we are not consumed, because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness." So he is merciful, and he is faithful, and his mercies are new every morning. And another one I wanted to just I wanted to remind us concerning is that he is loving. The Holy Spirit is loving. 1 John 4, verse 7-8, to Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. So the Holy Spirit is love. God is love. And so those are some of the first attributes that I wanted to look at concerning the Holy Spirit. And really, they relate to um, the title of that section, which is, The Holy Spirit is God and this is really important and I'm wanting to focus on this today that the Holy Spirit is God. He's not a created spirit. He's not a good spirit. He's not lesser than Father God or lesser than the Lord Jesus. No, He is God. Uh, Just as much God as God the Father, just as much God as Jesus. Okay? And the second section of my message, um, I'm going to be exploring the Holy Spirit is part of the Trinity and I think this is Uh, not always understood well and we can hear it when people are praying but other than that we're not really aware of our beliefs and our understanding of the Trinity and I'm not saying that it's something really easy to understand um, but it's important that we acknowledge this that there are our God is God and he's three in one and the Holy Spirit is part of that and he he's part of the Trinity and they work together they have roles and um and it's important for us to understand that, and I think it will come out when we pray. We won't pray really confused prayers, where I'm sure that you know the Trinity is wondering, well, who are you addressing this to? God the Father, Son, Lord Jesus Christ, Holy Spirit. You know, let's let's be clear who we're actually talking to. You know, um, what are some of the representations of the Trinity in Scripture? And I'm going to walk through a number of representations. Uh, where we see all three of them at work, just to help us to understand that all three of them are involved in so many, in so many, um, where, in so many places in scripture, and we, we can see clearly that they have roles and responsibilities. Okay? So the first place I'm wanting to go back and look at, because I've mentioned the scripture a couple of times, is Genesis 1, verse 1 to 3. So the first place is in creation. And um, Genesis 1, verse 1 to 3, it says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Then God said, Let there be light. And there was light. And... Continues a few verses later. Then God said, let us make man in our image. Let us, not let me, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth and every creeping thing that creeps. On the earth. So we see that there was more than one involved in creation. We see that there was God, who's God the Father, and there's the Holy Spirit who's hovering over the face of the deep. And then we look at John 1, verse 1 to 3, and it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. And the Word was God. He was, he was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him, nothing was made that was made. And so we see that the Word, who is Jesus, was also there in the beginning. And there was nothing that was made um, without the Word, without Jesus. So the, God the Father was involved, and Jesus was involved, and the Holy Spirit was involved. And they were all there at the beginning in creation. In 1 John 5, verse 7 to 8, it says, For there are three that bear witness in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit, and these three are one. And there are three that bear witness on earth, the Spirit, the water, and the blood, and these three agree as one. So they are one, but they are three. Okay? So in creation, we see that the Father spoke, that the Word went forth, and that the Spirit moved and created and brought about creation. that's A, we looked at creation. B, we want to look at the birth of Christ, okay? In Matthew 1, verse 20 to 21, it says, But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And she will bring forth a son and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Can you see the Holy Spirit was involved and Jesus was born. Another scripture, Luke 1 verse 31 to 35, describing similar uh, similar. A a, a similar thing, and behold you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the highest and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever and of his kingdom there will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel how can this be since I do not know a man? And the angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you therefore you therefore also the holy one who is to be born will be called the son of god so can you see here that the father sent that the son was incarnated um, when the uh, the holy spirit overshadowed mary so they all had a function they all that they, they were all involved in that okay We see it again at the baptism of Christ in Luke 3, verse 21 to 22. It says, When all the people were baptized, it came to pass that Jesus was also baptized. And while he prayed, the heavens were opened, and the Holy Spirit descended in bodily form like a dove upon him. And a voice came from heaven which said, You are my beloved Son, in you I am well pleased. And so we see here that the Father spoke from heaven. The Son was baptized in the Jordan and the Holy Spirit descended upon Jesus. So we can see all three of them in that scripture. Again, we can see it in Christ's ministry. Acts 10 verse 38. Now how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil for God was with him. So, what do we see here? That God, God the Father, anointed Jesus. We see that Jesus was anointed, and we see that the Holy Spirit was the anointing, and He went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed. Powerful, okay? The Holy Spirit, the finger of God, okay? And we see it in the commissioning of the disciples, uh, Matthew 28 verse 19 therefore go and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the father and of the son and of the holy spirit so the disciples were to baptize in the name of the father the son and the holy spirit so all of them are god they they all that's the trinity okay really important we see all three again at the exaltation of christ this is not um exhaustive, but it's just to give us a snapshot of various scriptures where we see all three of them at play. acts two verse thirty two to thirty three. Is this Jesus God has raised up, of which we are all witnesses. Therefore, being exalted to the right hand of God and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, He poured out this which you now see and hear. So here we see the Father fulfilled His promise to the exalted Son. Jesus, who was at the right hand of the Father, received the promise. And the Holy Spirit was given by Jesus to the waiting disciples. So we see all three of them at work there as well. Uh, we also see uh, some, uh, we see an example at the receiving of the Gentiles in Ephesians two verse eighteen. for it is through him God. That we both, whether far off or near, now have an introduction, access by one Holy Spirit to the Father so that we are able to approach Him. So through Him, we have access to the Father by one Spirit. Powerful. Um, H at the martyrdom of Stephen we see all three again but Stephen full of the Holy Spirit looked up to heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God look he said I see heaven open and the son of man standing at the right hand of God Acts 7 verse 55 to 56 so what is what is what is happening here the father is seen as the glory of God by by Stephen the son of God is the son of man standing at the right hand of God of God, that's Jesus, and Stephen is full of the Holy Spirit, okay, Stephen is the one who's full of the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit is on earth, he sees Jesus in heaven, he sees the Father in heaven, okay, I in his role in relation to the church, and and this is great. And again, I've heard very interesting um, theology and doctrine being prayed through, and and there's you know it's, there's there's grace and all of that. But it's important that we get understanding. If we don't understand, um, I will also be looking more extensively at the role of the Holy Spirit in the church, but just briefly today, wanna to look at the differences um, between Jesus and the Holy Spirit and, and their gifts and ministry. So- In his role in relation to the church, in 1 Corinthians 12, verse 4 to 11, we see it says, There are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. There are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. The manifestation of the Spirit is given to each for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another a word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healings, working of miracles, prophecy, discernment, of spirits, different kind of tongues, interpretation of tongues, but one and the same spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. So these are the gifts of the Holy Spirit that I've just read, okay, that I've just mentioned, and the Holy Spirit distributes them as he wills. And when we've been baptized in the Holy Spirit, then often we can operate in these gifts as the Holy Spirit wills. I'm wanting to uh, briefly mention the ministries that Jesus gives because it's different, okay? And we see this in Ephesians 4, verse 7 to 13. It says, but to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, he says, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts to men. Now this, he ascended, what does it mean? But that he also first descended into the lower parts of the earth. He who descended is also the one who ascended far above all the heavens that he might fill all things. And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ till we all come to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of of Christ. So we see here that the Holy Spirit gives gifts, that the Lord Jesus dispenses ministries, and that they are different, and that God the Father provides the spiritual motivation and energy to activate the gifts and ministries. So they're different. Holy Spirit is different. Jesus is different. God the Father is different, and yet they are one, and they are God. Um, other references in John that help us Uh, understand the Holy Spirit a little bit more. John 14, verse 16. This is Jesus speaking. He says, And I will ask the Father, and He will give you another counselor to be with you forever. So the Son prays to the Father, and the Father gives the Holy Spirit, who's another comforter, another counselor, John 14, verse 26, but the counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I've said to you. This is Jesus speaking. So the Father sends the comforter. The comforter is sent in the name of the Son and the Holy Spirit, the comforter, teaches. Okay. John 15 verse 26, when the counselor comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who goes out from the Father, he will testify about me. So the Father is the source from which the comforter comes. The Son goes away that he can send the comforter and the Holy Spirit is the comforter who testifies concerning the Son. John 16 verse 7 and verse 10, but I tell you the truth, This is Jesus, I tell you the truth, it is for your good that I'm going away. Unless I go away, the counselor will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. Verse 10, in regard to righteousness, because I'm going to the father where you can see me no longer. So the father is the one to whom the son returns and the son returns to him. He goes away and sends the comforter to us. Okay, John 16, verse 13 to 15. But when He, the Spirit of truth, comes, He will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on His own. He will speak only what He hears and He will tell you what is yet to come. He will bring glory to me by taking from what is mine and making it known to you. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said the Spirit will take from what is mine and make it known to you. So the Father possesses all things and gives these things to the Son, and the Son is glorified by the Holy Spirit. So all of them are involved in all of these things, and the Son is seated at the right hand of the Father, and we have the Holy Spirit who is with us, and He is the comforter, and He is the teacher, and He is the Spirit of truth, and He is our guide. And we're going to look at so many more aspects of the Holy Spirit in the next couple of um sermons that we have available for this so yeah in conclusion today i've started exploring that vast subject which is the holy spirit And we have seen that the Holy Spirit was with God in the beginning before creation began. That He is therefore uncreated and eternal and as such must be God. He wasn't created by God. He is God. He is holy. He is omnipresent, present everywhere. He is omniscient. He is all-knowing. He is omnipotent. He is all-powerful and is sometimes known as the finger of God. We've also seen that the Holy Spirit is part of the Trinity and as such, he is co equal with God. He's co equal with God. He was active in the creation of the world and man. He was part of the process of the incarnation of Christ, baptism of Christ, ministry of Christ, and resurrection of Christ. In relation to his work with the church, we see that the Holy Spirit gives gifts as he wills, that he's a counselor, comforter, teacher, spirit of truth, amongst many other things. And these are but a few of the points that we need to consider regarding knowing the Holy Spirit. And we will continue with this topic in in two Sundays time. Let's, Let's pray. You can bow your heads. Father, we thank you for your Holy Spirit who is with us. We thank you, Lord God, that you will continue to reveal to us and to bring understanding to us regarding the Holy Spirit We pray that you would make us sensitive to the presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives, that you would help us to walk with Him, to follow His leading, to allow ourselves to be taught by Him. We pray that you would sharpen our ears to hear more clearly from the Holy Spirit. We pray that there would be a spirit of wisdom and revelation, spirit of counsel and might, spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. Even as we walk more closely with the Holy Spirit, that this would be upon our lives and be evident. We pray that the Holy Spirit would give us revelation from your word. We pray, Lord God, that you would truly make us those who walk with God, who walk with the Holy Spirit. And this I pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.